believing in Him. This is the work of God. And we're going to continue on this, and I just really hope you've been tracking because everything, like I've said before, it builds upon itself. It's not just one message separated from another. Everything you're hearing about love builds into believe in Him. You don't separate this. It's just one person. His name is Jesus Christ. And so what we're doing is overlaying and overlaying and reminding and bringing us back to the core simple theme of it's about Him. Keeping it simple but profoundly mysterious is the object lesson. (laughs) How do you release this mystery and keep it simple all at the same time? Prayer, Prayer, good answer, hearing from Him. It's a real challenge though. Jesus was the master at it, that the gospel is simple, but it is profoundly powerful all at the same time. And Jesus said, all you need to do is believe. Lord, it must be more than that. No, it's not. It's actually not. No, it must be more. No, it's not. But contained in that simple statement, there is much. Much to be discovered that is concealed for us. It's the glory of kings to search out matters that have been concealed before the foundation of the earth. Are you a king that goes looking? Are you a thirsty king that goes searching the depths of the mysteries of heaven, for they are for you, and that is where the eternal life is found in the sun? That's the challenge, isn't it? See, Moses was a very curious man. Are you curious? Moses was extremely curious, and he wondered why when he looked at this burning bush in the driest part of the mountain, it was not caught up in a flame, but it stayed burning. That's not natural, is it? In the natural, if you light a match, what happens? Everything is burned up. So why isn't this on the driest part of the mountain, where, by the way, God is found? He's found in the driest part. There's so much life in the wilderness, Amanda. He's waiting for you. See, we think the wilderness is a bad place. No, that's where God hangs out. See, we've got this so back round the wrong way. Kings aren't born in stables, are they? They're born in palaces. People who receive the word of God, they don't receive them in the wilderness. They receive them in the palace, don't they? No. He hides water in rocks. There's nothing here, man. There's nothing here. Smoke screen. No, no, there's water in that rock. No, that's just a big boulder. No, no, there's water in the rock. I want to talk this morning about reference point in context to John 6. And we're just going to look at one verse, and then we're going to look at the verse next week. So come with me to John 6, because this is extremely essential in understanding the entirety of John 6. You see, these people, the Jews, disciples that were following Jesus, have a reference point for the one who's coming. So why didn't they receive him? Because their reference point was incorrect. What's your reference point like? See, you can't get your reference point from the earth. 
we know the things of earth, don't we? So we know technology, we know who we are, we know our, our, our family genealogy, we get our reference point from the natural, but as followers, our reference point must come from the eternal. It must come from the unseen hidden realm, but it's to be seen through faith. Makes it a little bit tricky, doesn't it? See why you have to leave your ability at the door and completely surrender yourself and then enter in. And you have to enter in naked because none of your ability is what you need to see this unseen. You need His ability to open up through His power this unseen. That's why it's not about us. Thank you, Jesus. It's not about me. But it's about Him being in me and me being in Him. And then all of a sudden, this unseen realm starts to open up. Not because I'm studying it, not because I'm learning, not because I'm trying to enter into it. No, no, I've relinquished all that. Because I just stand there going, I realize none of that is going to do me any good in this kingdom. This gets me into the kingdom of darkness really well, the wisdom of man. But I can't apply that over here. If I try, this is confusion, disillusionment, frustration, and burnout, where a lot of people live. But Jesus said, I've come to give you rest, not stress. You see, we're to burn for him, not burn out. You see, the burning bush didn't burn up, did it? Why? Because the presence of God was in the bush. When the presence of God is in you, you don't burn out, you burn up. He said, I've come to baptize you in fire, didn't he? Isn't that what he said? Power? Not burn out for me. I've come to baptize you in fire so you can burn for me, but not burn out for me. You're to burn in me. The presence of God was in the bush, so it never burnt, but it was burning. <laughs> See, when you try to understand what I'm saying in your head, this is what happens. <laughs> Give it a good shake and then leave it at the door. And enter in with your spirit. I'm blessed. I've got a huge heart and a small mind. <laughs> I was not the most intelligent person at school. I went there. I ate people's lunch. I played football. I excelled in sport. But mass English science was not my strong point. Thank you, Jesus. Because when I ran into Jesus, I had a huge heart and a little brain. He said, I can use that because people with big brains and little hearts, they have issues. Because they try to understand everything through their mind, which gets you plenty of places in the kingdom of darkness, but not in the kingdom of light. I am not saying intelligent people will not get into the kingdom of light. Please hear me. Paul was a very intelligent man, but he had to have his mind crushed before he then renewed his mind. The spirit renewed his mind. And then he started to come into life, but the man knew it wasn't based on his previous lifestyle because he tells us in Philippians, that's a whole lot of rubbish. Have you come to the part of your life where you go, my life before was rubbish? The Bible means dung. That word rubbish, I won't say it. Thank you, Vera, you just said it. Have you heard it? I won't say it. <laughs> Another word for poo. <laughs> so, reference point is essential. John 6, verse 14 
Therefore, when the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Verse 15, we're going to look at this next week, but I want to give you this because these things are linked together. 15, so Jesus, perceiving that they were intending to come and take him by force to make him king, withdrew again to the mountain by himself alone. Jesus always sees the motive of your heart. And he responds in accordance to your motive. That's why we don't get some of the things we ask for. He loves you so much not to give you the things that will crush you. And he's perceiving here the intent of their heart because he's just fed 5,000, 15,000 people. And they go, man, you're the prophet. You see, their reference point for Jesus was the guy that was going to come do miracles. Does Jesus do miracles? Is that what your reference point for him should be, though? No. It's who he is, not what he does. You see, if your reference point for what he does, signs and wonders, when he starts to speak, ooh. You see, when he started to speak, ooh, here. Man, we love you while you feed us. We love you while they give us natural food. We love you, Jesus. We will always worship you. Just don't open your mouth and start preaching truth at us. Because as soon as he started to open his mouth and start to preach who he was, hold him on it. Hold the horse, hold the phone. We like the guy that just did signs and wonders for us. Now you're talking about something we have no understanding of, and it's not even in alignment to our current thinking. Who are you? You see, one minute he's the prophet, next minute he's the carpenter's son. How does that work? Yeah, yeah, you're the prophet. You do signs and wonders. Here he is. No, hold on a minute. We got that wrong, Chris. Why? Because he started talking stuff they didn't like. Because they had no reference point for what he was saying. Because they really had no reference point for who he was. Why do you think Jesus constantly asked, who do you say I actually am? Not what you mentally agree with, not what you can give me the right answer. What does your heart actually say about who I am? One thing to say he's the Messiah here, it's another thing to say it from here. They look very different in the way they live out. This is verbal and mental agreement. This is a living conviction which changes the person and enables you to live out truth. This is what they were struggling with. So our reference point for him is incredible and needs to be him. And what's what we're going to have a squiz at. So two observations which will come up before me. The people have a reference point for one who is coming, the prophet, But how accurate was their reference point for the prophet? See, the woman at the well had a reference point, didn't she? One is coming. (laughs) Uh, That one stands before you, lady. I am the Messiah. Do you know what she said? When she ran away, she said, is this the one to her village? No, no, let's just rewind. I am the Messiah. Fast forward. Is this the one that's coming? I am the Messiah. What can't she do? Hear. She can't hear, but she's hearing. But then she speaks another reality. You see the power of being able to hear what he's really saying through revelation? Otherwise, you hear what you hear. 
and you don't hear what he's saying. So you need to hear what he's saying. You need to see what he's saying. Otherwise, your reference point is all messed up for who he really is. So then you create your version of God. But our version of God is not going to make us free, is it? Only his version of himself will make you free. And that's our challenge because when we approach God from the kingdom of darkness, our mind first, our carnal mind that's unrenewed, we will always create a false reference point. And we live by our reference points, don't we? Because we live in the natural by reference points. And we will live in the spiritual by reference point. But the reference point we need in the spiritual, I can't get without the Holy Spirit revealing that reference point called Jesus. Otherwise, I create my own. And this is what the Jewish people were doing here. So they've got an idea. They've got a reference point from the very scriptures that one is coming. They call him a prophet. Yes, he was a prophet, but he was the Messiah. But they have an understanding. They have an internal reference of what they're looking for, don't they? But he doesn't quite match it up, does he? And this is what happens to you and I. Week in, week out. Week in, week out. Week in, week out. This is really powerful. This is the difference between eternal life being formed and built within you and not. Not about heaven or hell. Not about whether you're in the family or not. Once you've received Christ, you are in his family, correct? You can't lose that unless you denounce that. So it's not that issue. It's a knowing him and maturing issue as a son. So the only way that someone who is going to mature is through revelation of knowing who he is in relation to who he is, not who I think he is. Hence, who do the people say that I am? Okay? So there's this reference point they have. Next week, we're going to look at the people are determined to make Jesus, the prophet, king. Why do people want a king over them? Why do we want a man over us? We're going to look at that next week. Because he was a king, and he wants to be over us, but their version of king and his version of king are very different things. And that's a massive issue for us. So I'm going to remind you, because according to Mel, it's great to remind everybody what we're looking at, isn't it? Don't get bored of being reminded, because until you come into it, you don't know it. Until you live it, you have no knowledge. You just have intellectualism. And that does you no good apart from puff you up and have you living the wrong way. Okay? So the entire context for John 6 is Jesus being our source. Chris said it before, he wants to be the air you breathe. He wants to be your source. He wants to be your provider, your protector, your food source, your water source, your clothing, your shelter. He wants to be your all. That's what Amanda said, didn't she? Your all. So that's the context for John 6. So you hear what I'm saying through that lens. Key scripture, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. So that's John 6, 29. That is the key scripture in the entirety of John 6. If we don't get that nailed, we're all over the place. 
That's what's happening to the people here. They're all over the place because they can't hear and they're not in what that passage means through the power of revelation. That's why they ask all these funny questions. They ask, well, how are we going to get in there? He says, eh, wrong answer. Well, then you prove yourself that you're the guy. Eh, wrong answer. He said, I am the bread of life. Well, no, you're a person. No, I'm a bread. I'm a loaf. And if you eat me, you have life. Ooh, that's a promise and a half. Here's the key. Their reference is for what he would do, not who he would be. Look at their words. Therefore, when the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. You see, they had a reference point for the miracle and went, that must make him the prophet. Does Jesus do miracles? Yes. See where the hoodwink is? If you can't see it and hear it, you get hoodwinked by the very thing that's of God. It's like marriage and children and money and business and sport. If you can't see it from kingdom, that will entice you, wrap around you, and you will be entangled in the very thing God has created. Does God want that? No. That's why he says, seek first my kingdom, not those things, so you don't get entangled in the things that are me. They're entangled in signs and wonders. It says in other scriptures that the Jews seek what? A sign. And what happens to the Jews that seek a sign? It's a stumbling block to what? A relationship with Jesus Christ. When you chase signs, you're not chasing the one of the signs and the wonder. You're chasing the outcome, the thing, the work, which is of him, but is not him. And there is no life in that thing that will change you on the inside. That's why the Jews saw miracles in the wilderness and then denied Christ. That's why they went, this is amazing. We're walking through the Red Sea. We're being fed. Then they whinge about it. We pray for more food, he delivers that. Then we munch again. Why? Because the internal is not changing. It's happening all external of you. Is it of God? Yes. Is it right? Yes. But is your heart changing? Not there, it wasn't. So you always look through the lens of lack, not having enough. I love what Chris said. When things are happening around you, it's not about your feelings. It's about faith. It's not about what you're facing It's about faith. Is the faith in you greater than what's coming at you? Does the sin in someone else coming at you create sin in you? So then you sin back. Because the Bible says anything not done by faith is a sin. You see, we're living to a human standard, not an eternal standard. And this is very confusing when you try to approach it through the intellect. Guys, our minds are never going to be able to understand the kingdom mysteries until the heart gets it, and then the Holy Spirit reveals and renews your mind. That's what Romans 12 is all about. That's why you've got to lay your body down. You understand what I'm saying? Romans 12, 1 and 2? It's the same passage what I said before. Your ability gets laid down. Everything you think you are gets laid down. In view of God's mercy, offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. That is number one, complete surrender. Now he transforms your mind as you leave your mind behind. None of that. Forget about coming into life. 
Because that's the way. His name is Jesus. <laughs> that's why he says, here's the work. Believe. And then we go and try and believe, don't we? We'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. There goes Greg. He'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. He'll be coming around the mountain, coming around the mountain, coming around the mountain when he comes. Yeah, here we go. Everybody. I don't care. I'm a fool for this guy, man. I'm so in love with him. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Everyone just turned off on the live link. They <laughs> said in the end times, those crazy people will come. Here they are. Because he's singing country. Woo. It's <laughs> like ah. <I> the gym. <laughs> so they're looking... It's what he did, and they go, this is the connection, guys. And this is partially where the hoodwink is, because he does do miracles. He says, church, go out there, lay hands on the sick man. I lay hand on a young man in Cambodia at Sensuk. I don't think I even shared this with the team, because I don't, I don't like to dramatize these things, because I know people get so attracted to them, and all of a sudden they get hoodwinked, and they're off Christ and onto him. So this young man, we, we were praying a number of times at different things, and it was awesome, and the team just engaged, and people were just laying hands and believing, hearing from God. This young man came up to me, and you know when someone is so heavy and oppressed, they look older? I, I thought he was about 35. And he came, and he was wearing black, and his head was down, and he said, what? I said, what's the problem? He said, my eyes hurt. He's got this pain going through my eyes. I said, can you see? He said, yeah, I can see, but my eyes hurt. He said it's just, and, and you could see his whole demeanor and his countenance was like shrinking in. I said, well, do you believe Jesus can heal you? He said, yes, I do. I said, well, let's pray. And I believe he's going to, but it's not on my ability. It's not on my words. It's just about him through faith and just simple words. And all it was was, Father, I break the power off this pain on this young man's life, and I loosen your healing in your name. Bang. And you know when he goes... And his whole countenance changed. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm going, <laughs> I know what happened to you. I said, how's it? He said, it's gone. And I saw him as a 21-year-old young man. I thought he was 35. Then the next day, sorry, that, that evening they took us out for dinner, and he was there. And I'm like, I went to say, hi, I'm Greg. And I was, oh, you're the guy I prayed for. He was so different in his countenance. And then the next day, I said, how's the pain? He says, completely gone. Jesus heals. Jesus wants to heal. But that's not our reference point for Jesus. Our reference point has to be who he is. Believe in me, he said. And because you believe in him, you need to believe in what he says. I don't mean mentally agree. I mean a living conviction of what he says in your innermost being. It's like a... Ugh. So you're arrested by what he says. You are turned and you walk completely 180 is the other way. No return. No turning back. It's I've been realigned. <coughs> Apostolic called manipulation. <coughs> bang, 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 bang. Chiropractic. Bang. Smack. Walk. 
Woo! <laughs> Alrighty. So he's a bond servant, wasn't he? He was a king, but a bond servant. Paul said, I'm a bond servant and an apostle. Why is that important, Greg? Because the nature defines the gift. I'm a bond servant. I'm not here to do anyone's business but my father's. Now, with the gift on my life, I live. Defined by being a bond servant, my identity. Take that away, I got a gift. Let me at them. <laughs> You're in trouble. Because you can do signs and wonders like that. Can't you? So we need to know what it means to be a bond servant before he was a king. Did Jesus know he was a king? Mm -hmm. He told Pilate he was a king from another kingdom. Why did he run away here? Interesting, isn't it? Hmm. Might look at that next week. The reference point for Jesus being a prophet was in the performing of signs and wonders. But our reference point for Jesus is, sorry, Jesus must be in believing who he was. Why does Jesus, sorry, while Jesus does miracles and feeds the people, they love him. But when he opens his mouth and starts to speak, they walk away from him. That's when you understand the entirety of John 6. That's why I'm saying go read the whole book. So you'll get greater reference because I don't have time to read every scripture that's there at the moment. Why? Because their reference point isn't an accurate one. How accurate is our reference point for the Messiah? Where did you get your reference point from? Point number one, signs and wonders are not the reference point for Jesus being the prophet. Believing in who he is, is. Let me just read you John 14, 7. Because once again, this is where we can be subtly hoodwinked or deceived because we know he does works. He even says things, if you don't believe in what I say, believe in the works. But what does he say first? If you don't believe in what I say, then believe this. So he's going, this is number one. That's not number one, that's number two. But he says, if you don't believe in what I say, then believe this, because it is of me, but be, make sure you don't get con, uh, wrapped up in these things. So let's have a look at this, because it's talking to Philip, John 14, verses 7, oneness with the Father is the title. <laughs> if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. There's an absolute statement, isn't it? So he's talking to Philip from his perspective. Look at Philip's perspective. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Okay, you didn't hear what I said, did you, Philip? I heard. No, you didn't hear at all, because your response to me tells me you didn't hear me at all. Out of the heart, the mouth will speak. Out of the heart, Jesus is understanding. So Jesus knew he had no idea what he just said. Do you? How would you respond in that situation? Jesus is expecting him to know who he is and he's from the Father, was he not? Didn't they walk with him? They walked with him for three and a half years. But Jesus also knows without revelation, nothing comes. You create your own reference point for him. Philip does not have a reference point for what Jesus is saying at all. But the title says, Oneness with the Father. Anyone see that as a little problem? Hmm. 
Listen to his response. Jesus said, have I been so long with you, (laughs) and you have not come to know me, Philip? How long, man, have I been with you? Man, we've had a number of sleepovers. (laughs) We've ate some great food. We've dined out together. I've sat on mountains. I've taught the multitudes. You've seen me heal people. You've seen me raise people from the dead. How long have I been with you, man, and you still have not one clue who I am? You have no reference point for me. And that is really affecting the way you live, Philip. But I'm going to stay with you because I am for you. I'm not against you and I will be with you and I'm going to place myself within you so the Holy Spirit can teach you all things so you can come to know who I am, who you are, and the Father's plan for the church. And that invitation is for you and I. So how are we getting on with that? Do you know who you really are? Do you know who he really is? And do you know his plan for the church? Many don't. Many have not a clue. And our lives reflect it, which is the evidence of our true knowledge. And that is confrontational in the spirit, isn't it? It confronts us big time. And then we say this, you're condemning me. No, it's the conviction of the Holy Spirit to get you into the things of the Spirit, to live as a man or a woman of the Spirit, so you can receive the life of the Spirit and go, hallelujah, man, here I am. I don't care anymore. I'll do a yodel. I'll do a dance. I'll do a beatbox. I'll do whatever it is that gets me going. I don't care. I'm in love with Jesus. (sighs) It's freedom. How long, man, have I been with you? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his work. The Father does the work in the Son. Who does the work in us? The Father, the Spirit. Remember, leave your life behind. Leave every bit of your ability, everything you think is good in you. Leave it there and enter in and let the Father go to work on the inside. Romans 12, 1. In view of God's mercy, offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed through the renewing of your And this is what this man is being confronted with. We will all be confronted with. I've been and continue to get confronted with this by Jesus himself. And it's awesome. It's not negative, man. It is positive. It's exciting. Then he says this, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Here you go. You ready? Otherwise... Believe because of the works themselves. Otherwise, if you haven't yet got this much faith for this, if you haven't had this revelation yet, if the revelation isn't impacting you on the inside, believe what's happening external of you. You hear what I'm saying? Believe what's happening outside of you, but you need to get that in you. You need my word in you through belief. I build my church 
in the church. Yes, I do signs and wonders, but it's all external. That's why you can have your arm broken, be healed, and never believe. You can go from having that broken, hearing the truth, and then rejecting and denying it from the very one that's just healed you. Why? Because you have no reference point here, the place of understanding. All you have is a reference point for a broken arm, which is natural still. It's awesome, it's amazing, but it's not going to cut it as far as eternal life being formed in you because it's a whole different operating system. Jesus raised dead people, but they're still going to die. But we live forever in here, don't we? He said, I promise you, not an easy life, not a good life. I promise you a life that's powerful of the eternal substance, which is joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, love, freedom, rest. Man, when it all kicks off around you, the substance in you is greater than that around you. So you can stand like a house and all the tornadoes and tsunamis go boom. And you go, is that the best you got? Because Christ in me through belief is being formed in me to stand any test, any trial. And Jesus promised me trial. He promised me tribulation. He promised me they will come for you. He said they will persecute you. They will hate you. Why? Because they hated me. You love them. You pray for your enemy. You live the opposite spirit to the spirit of the world. But you can't through signs and wonders. The greatest miracle is getting changed through the power of the spirit of the word of God on the inside. When was the last time you got changed on the inside? When was the last time you felt the presence and the substance of the Word of God come into your soul and change you and give you a brand new way of thinking? The Bible says that Jesus, or God, has more thoughts than the grain of sand. Tell me one of them. You hear what I'm saying? Be ready in and out of every season to speak a word, not just head knowledge, not just scriptures you've memorized. I'm talking about a real word that's changing you that you can't even put words to, but it's coming out of your spirit. And there's power in it, so the power is going to set someone else free if their spirit is ready to receive it. It's easy to memorize scriptures. Man, that's the world's system. It's easy to proclaim the Scriptures. I'm talking about revelation of the Scripture. I'm talking about revelation of a person who, when you stand up, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? It means what Jesus has accomplished in you to the measure He has through revelation. You give testimony of it. Not just the day you got saved, you're given constant testimony of what he's doing in you. Why? Because you've relinquished you at the door, you've entered through the door, and he said those that come through the door, it's not just life, it's abundant life of eternal life. And you're able to keep the commandment, which is the first thing we're supposed to be doing, and be in love with the Father. (laughs) There's a lot of words. You know where that all comes from? The abundance of the Spirit in me. I know there's a wellspring of Him in here. This is what happens when you come to Cambodia. You get locked in a plane. 
with the crazy man. You get locked in a car and you're going three and a half hours that way and you only stop for a toilet stop and the coffee. And then it's on again, eh, Kirsten? Eddie, man, Eddie's writing. He can't, he's like, I got a question, got a question. What's the question? It's not just me, it's Sam, it's Luke. The boys were in one car mainly and the girls were in the other car. And that was cool, just the way it worked out until Luke wanted to be with, Kate wanted to be with Luke because they just got married, you know, and all that stuff in life. <laughs> Kirsten's like, yeah, yeah, Rodney would have been that car, would have been that car, you know, it's like. <laughs> but poor, poor Eddie, he's like, so he's got me, Sam, and Luke, and um, Vanna, okay? And we're in there, and he's like, I've got a question. <laughs> and you can hear, um, uh, it's funny, where's Mike? So Mike's apparently been challenging him on Jesus as king, right? or talking to him about Jesus as king. So he says, what's your understanding of Jesus King? And it just went, boom. <laughs> and like we got to our place, didn't we? So it was like two hours. We're here. <laughs> two hours. <laughs> Sam's. <laughs> Lucas. <laughs> Eddie's like. <laughs> and he said, man, I've got 10 more questions. And they've got nothing to do with the question I asked. And I said, bro, this is exactly what it is to be like. And this being over your head, out of control, is, gives him an opportunity to be your control. It gives him an opportunity while you feel like you're flapping and doing this all over the place for him to grab you and go, it's okay. Learn to what it means to live above you and over your head. Because that's where I am. And you know what? You actually come into the unknown and you're not flapping anymore you're actually looking and walking like this. And you're so comfortable in this place, but then you try to lead others, and that's all right, that's fine. I take that, that was like, a, oh my goodness, that's scary, eh? that's what you were saying. <laughs> and it's like, well, this is unknown. Yeah. What did he tell us to do? Believe. Come on, man, let's go. <laughs> Come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. Okay, you want to sit here for a bit? Okay, we sit. You ready? Yeah, okay, let's go. You ready? No. Okay, cool. Well, at least we're here. Let's talk about this. Father, we pray together that you'll open up this realm, this invisible realm, and show both of us who you are, your purpose for us as sons and daughters, and build your church, build this life in us, Father, because we realize we can't do it. And you just keep walking, and you discover he's there. <laughs> Shock, horror. <laughs> what he says is actually true. <laughs> Where am I up to? I don't clue. <laughs> Why is it important that this first position is believe rather than works? Because when he opens his mouth and starts to preach his father's truth, everything we truly believe will be exposed for what it is, truth or lie. And that's why our reference, he says, believe in me, and the one who sent me. Because when I got to open my mouth now and speak my father's truth, 
which will make you free, but it's so powerful and it comes to destroy every bit of flesh. If you are in unbelief, the work won't get done. The Israelites did not enter into the promised land. Why? Because of unbelief, not because of the miracles. They saw all these miracles, but it was because of unbelief. Unbelief is anti-God. Belief is for Him. So once again, this is where the conviction and the challenge comes, isn't it? If your reference point isn't for who you know, then when what they say, it's like, well, I don't know about that. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, if you don't know me, if you don't really know me, then you probably won't believe what I say. If your reference point for Greg is not who I am, then you will live in accordance to that reference point, won't you? So you will go, oh, no, he's this, 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 and this, which then influences what I say to you, and like everyone else in this family. That's why the Bible says, see everyone as Christ, and then discern what they say. Don't judge the person, discern what the person is saying. We are called to do that. I don't take what anyone says, no matter who they are, and just go, oh, I'm going to believe that. I'm going to believe it from a sense of, I believe they believe that they are doing their best, and I believe that, and I'm going to, yes, it's my brother, my brother is for me, and then we then go to the Spirit of God, if I haven't got revelation, and go, so show me, Father. So there's not the cynical aspect, it's a full belief aspect going, wow, I know this person is for me, and I'm for them, and they're doing their best. You hear the difference? Very different positions. But see, if we don't know one another, then we just give it that reference. That's why he said, who do the people say that I am? You're going to base your knowledge and what you will receive or deny on your revelation of who he is. If he's just the prophet, then you give him the weight of a prophet. If he's the Messiah, quite a different reality, isn't it? If he's just a good teacher, if he's a good guy, if he's a brother, if he's whatever, then that's what you're going to give weight to in the Spirit. Well, it's the same with us. If you don't know the gift on my life, you don't understand the purpose of it, you will reject it. Because I know it comes at you, doesn't it? (laughs) Trust me, it comes at me. (laughs) What I am to you, he is to me. We're all in this together. It's one. And so what it does, it exposes me, and then it exposes us. What he's doing in individuals, he's doing in a body. He doesn't work outside of himself because he's about a body. What you are in your marriage, if you're married, you are as a church family. What you are as individuals, we are as a church. If there's no oneness with your relationship with Jesus, there is no oneness here. He is the source. Everything is the source. That's why we have to believe. I can't have oneness with my wife unless my wife has oneness with Christ. And I have oneness with Christ. You can't get oneness looking here. We are in trouble if this is where our eyes are. Our both eyes need to be here. As soon as we do this, or one of us does this, we are in trouble, big time. 
our marriage is destined for failure because I'm going to try to get something out of her she can't give me and fulfill something that's lacking in me because he is not my source. She is. Yes, he may do miracles through me. I may do miracles, but I don't really know him. Away from me. You did miracles. I haven't got a clue who you are. Interesting, isn't it? All right. Second point, and then we'll wrap this. Our reference point for Jesus comes only by revelation of the Spirit. Our reference point for Jesus comes only by revelation of the Spirit. You can know about him. Philip knew about him, but he did not know him. Why do you think Peter never left at the end of John 6? When everyone else was walking away because of what he said, why did Peter stay? He'd had a revelation. He says, you have words of eternal life. Do you reckon he knew what those words were? He never a clue. And his life showed that, didn't it? That's why he denied Christ. So he's got no idea of the words that everyone else is walking away from, the truth. But he has something that they don't have. It's called revelation of who Jesus was, which came from the Father, not through Peter working it out. So even though Jesus was telling them, yeah, I'm the son of God, I couldn't hear anything. It had to come via a supernatural revelation. Guys, revelation is not you learning something in your mind that you didn't know. That's called human acquiring of knowledge. Okay? Revelation is completely outside of your capacity and your ability, and what it requires of you is complete surrender and vulnerability and humility to receive something that's in an unseen realm that's outside of your capacity to receive. Can I say that? Okay? Revelation is not you learning something new that you didn't know through intellectual study. That's just acquirement of knowledge. That gets you nowhere, but it creates a false life. It has you thinking something you know, but then you can't live it out when you're required to. Okay? That's Peter. All right? But he has a revelation of the Father that comes into him. And in the next breath, that's why he steps outside when Jesus says, right, now you've got a revelation of the Father, I'm going to die. And what does he say? No, you're not. Okay, here we go, back to square one. How long have I been with you that you still don't hear what I'm saying? Pretty much forever. So lucky the Spirit's coming to help you guys out, and I'll never leave you because this is covenant. It doesn't get broken, and I will get you to where you need to get to if you surrender and submit to me wholehearted abandonment, which is the door in. So it's got to come by revelation. Listen to John 6, 45. It says this, It is written in the prophets, <laughs> and they shall all... Be taught of God. Who is the all? So it's written before we were ever born by these men, women who were in the Spirit. They wrote it down that you and I would all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. 
How well do you know your teacher? Once again, what have you learned through the power of the Holy Spirit this year that you didn't know last year? Because Jesus preaches the truth, does He not? Does what He says is true. So then the truth is this, guys, before the foundation of the world, before you were born, the prophets in their time wrote in this holy manuscript that you and I are to be taught by the Spirit of God. How are you getting on with that? Because once again, remember, He wants this life in you, does He not? He wants you to become all that you have been chosen and called to become. He wants you to inherit every promise that says an amen. How can you if you're not coming into the true learning through the power of the Holy Spirit? You will, it will be outside of you. The Bible says in Hebrews, this is what I taught in Cambodia, make sure that you don't stand outside of the rest. I'm paraphrasing. It says, be diligent to enter into the rest. It says, if Joshua had given them rest, why would he have spoken of another day? Joshua led them into the promised land, did he not? Right, so if he led them into the promised land, which is symbolic of rest, why did Joshua speak of another day? Who is the other day? Rest has a name. So enter into Christ more, and what do you get? Rest. I'm not talking about having a good sleep. Rest is active. Rest is lively. Rest is powerful. You stop from your works. Those who have entered into rest cease from their trying to figure all this out as good Christians. You cease from that. You've seen, you realize that is futile. All that is futile and lifeless. Jesus said, the flesh profits you nothing. All that is flesh. So stop and receive through belief, through the power of the Spirit of revelation. Jesus then goes on in 35. He says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. He who believes in me will never thirst. Man, you could chew on that your whole life. There's a promise. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me, what does it mean to come to him? Will not hunger. He who believes in me will never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. He's talking about seeing in the flesh. Their reference point was physical. You've seen me, you have an already made up mind of who I am, so you don't believe what I say. See what happens when you get a reference point from yourself? You can deny Christ as a follower. He will never deny you, but you can reject the truth because you can't hear it, so you hear something else, and because it makes you feel, ooh, you then create your own perspective and walk away. And so then you can have a form of godliness, but you lack power. You can always be learning, but never coming to the true knowledge. And you're always wondering why this thing is avoiding you or outside of you. Anyone hearing me? So why, why is this? Is Am I a bad person? No. Am I, is it my sin? No. I love Sandra's message. 
So sin conscious. Why are you sin conscious when the one came and died for your sin? Get faith conscious. Get Christ conscious. Get life conscious. Get promise conscious. Not problem. Discover who you are. Why? What is it, Lord? It's your operating system, Greg. It's how you're trying to come in. You're still, uh, you're still resting on your ability, man's wisdom. Paul said, faith rests on the power of God, not on man's wisdom. Otherwise, you'll have no idea of what's in the unseen realm. That's the problem with my church, Greg. Tell them. Share it with them in love. The operating system is the issue, not you. But it lives in you. It's called the flesh. And I've come to set my people free. But the flesh don't want to die. In him it's dead. But in you it's still living, isn't it? Your mind, your will, your emotions. And Jesus knows all this. The last point, I'm just, I'm not going to, we can never believe in what he says unless we have a revelation for who he is. We can never believe in what he says unless we have a revelation of who he is. You can mentally agree, I'm not talking about that. When I say believe, I'm talking about a biblical belief, a full conviction, a conviction of the Spirit. I can know all about him through human learning, through acquiring, through my mind that he's given me, through the study of these words. Why do you search the scriptures, thinking they have eternal life, and you don't come to me, the one of eternal life? You choose not to, he said to his own people. They made a choice not to go to him, but to go to the words. But the words talk about the word. We can do exactly the same. So true belief comes through the power of God putting the substance of God in me, renewing my mind so now I can see what was in the unseen realm. Can you hear me? Isn't it say by faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by what? The Word of God, which is what we see did not come from this realm. Tracking with me? So what, the planet we're living on didn't come from this planet. It comes from an other realm. The Word of God spoke, and what was in the other realm created the realm we live in. This is why you've got to get your food source from the other realm. It says, the, world, the worlds are... Oh, that's interesting. Heaven, new heaven, new earth, this earth, were prepared. They're already prepared, are they not? Isn't the bride getting herself ready? So is the word of God preparing you? Who is his greatest creation? The planet or the people? Who? Right. So the people are his greatest creation and the worlds came into existence through the word from the unseen 
How are you and I getting prepared from a word that comes from the unseen, not a word that comes from the natural. It's a word that comes from an unseen into the scene. It then gets declared out into this realm like Jesus was. And those who have ears to hear it, hear a word that came from an invisible place. They receive it by the power of the gospel, the spirit, and boom, they're being prepared. Now, I just explained to you the way of the kingdom of God. Did you hear it? Are you going to do something about it? Because unless we are operating from what I just said, you are saved, but you will have no life. Meaning a life within you that is eternal. So when pressures, heartache, trial, test, sickness come, they will come. They will come. I don't want to be like this. I want to be like this. Why? Because of my ability? No. Because of the word. Not a book. A person I know. And I believe in. Amen. So Father, cement this in our hearts today. Lord, Holy Spirit, cement what you are doing, will do, are going to do tomorrow. God, I pray that today we've been apprehended and arrested to a reality that's for us in you. And God, I pray as we seek you like you teach us with all of who we are, what is in you will come into us. Lord, you are in us and you want us to be in you. And God, you say those who abide walk in the manner in which you walk. And God, this is this promise that is yes and amen in your son. And God, I pray we would not attempt to do this as individuals, but God, we would let go of our lives and get connected, really connected into a family, into a body, not for function, but for becoming and being a people. And out of that, God, there will be some accomplishment in and through us. But Lord, may we be and become the family that you desire on this earth, that every single person is searching for. And the thing that is being attacked on this earth, Lord, is family. So God, may we not be found short. And may we be the demonstration of the very thing that you say we can be and are to be as sons and daughters, children of the living God. We thank you for your love that covers. We thank you for your grace that empowers. And we thank you for your mercy that enables us to live here and not receive the things that we are due, but receive continuous love so we can become your children. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.